0: I'm working with uh, Dave Bain on uh, Roach Guard, and hopefully we'll actually get it out this year. Wonderful. Tell us what, what Roach
1: Guard is about.
0: Roach Guard is a, um, it's based in uh, the future. Um, it's. It's got, I can't give away too much, it's got a team of anthropomorphic croaches that are protecting the last of humanity. And, um... There's a lot of high science fiction and uh, high fantasy. A lot of great stuff all rolled up into one. I'm a child no. from the 80s, so there's a lot of love for old cartoons and um, 80s TV, TV shows. What
1: was the inspiration for Roach Guard? That seems like a fairly unusual concept.
0: Yeah. One of the jokes that always always kind of kept with me was uh, there's only two things that are going to survive the... Um, nuclear war would be cockroaches and share. So I thought, well, what if uh, roaches are going to be what saves us from basically ourselves? Um, they, humanity, the last of us, is going to be existing in a cavern system, basically. And they're, they've been almost hunted into extinction by future versions of what humanity could be. Yeah, and that's a very possible thing.
1: Mm-hmm. We are seeing that right now with genetic modification, so it's not totally unrealistic. No, no. And oh. the arthropods are
0: our eternal nemesis. <laughs> so um, I've got I got a lot into it. I, it started out as an easy little concept and became something that blows my mind away. Actually, I I, I it's amazing all the stuff that keeps getting added to it. Um, There's steampunk elements, there's cyberpunk elements, there's all kinds of um, different things to this, and that's what I love. I'm I'm doing stuff that I love, and that's what I I read from what everybody says, like Mike Mangolo from uh, Hellboy. uh, He says, write what you love, so that's what I'm going with. Um, And then there's another title I'm working on called Night that is about a former mafia hitman that starts cracking up, he starts seeing things, hearing things, and he, he gets so driven by this, and he uh, is going to commit suicide. And right when he's about to jump off of a bridge, a ghost appears in front of him and says, you're working for us. And uh, this can lead into all kinds of things. I, I love the concept. Um, I've got a lot of great ideas in store. Um, I'm working with um, Muhammad Lubis on that and we have I have that coming out in February. So, it's going to be a preview issue called Night Zero. Now, who is publishing the comics? I'm going to be self-publishing um, under Unforgiven Comics. I'm hopefully going to have Roach Guard and Night and maybe another title coming up um called um, My Paranormal Story, which is going to be various different um accounts of people being in um, paranormal activity, you know, like uh, ghosts, everything, UFOs, Bigfoot. I want to do like an anthology with that, do all kinds yeah. of different stuff.
1: Exactly, just some kind of grand melee between all of these science fiction and crypto... Zoological figures.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's it's gonna that's gonna be really fun, and I hope a lot of people want to work with me on that. Uh, it's gonna be like an anthology series, so there could be several different creative teams work on that. Hopefully, we can make it happen. I really want to get some interesting paranormal accounts that haven't been seen anywhere else.
1: Well, there are plenty of those, that's for sure. Going back to Roachguard, how many issues have you made already?
0: We have not gotten one done yet. Uh, Dave's got um, the script for a preview and a script for the first issue, and it's in his ballpark. He's uh, working on it. Um, we're both uh, dads and we got kids, and you know we work uh, we work a lot, so it's taking some time, but it's going to be uh, worth it. It's going to be a
1: good payoff. I definitely have respect for people who are able to juggle all of those things at the same time. I have the good fortune of not having a regular job for a
0: family. Uh-huh.
1: And I sometimes forget other people do.
0: It's not easy juggling everything, but uh I try. I I I try to write as much as possible, but I got to be there for my kids because I love my kids and that's that's what it's all about. I mean, even my writing is you know I, I keep them in mind with my writing so
1: so roach guard will be the sort of comic that children
0: as well as adults can yes, enjoy yes it's going to be all ages I'm um, original concept i hope i think i hope people think it's original i'm really throwing a lot into it um i can see it go far i i don't know i mean i just want to be able to get it done It
1: sounds pretty original to me, and I've read my share of comic books. Do you have some major influences you'd like to discuss
0: with uh, writers? Yeah, comic book influences. Yeah, I have different um, influences with each title. With Night, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, eighties. tv series and then it gets into quentin tarantino stuff i i I go with what i grew up with you know and um i was really into film and uh i thought originally night would be a great tv show but we'll see how the comics go first you know because i don't think i mean i'm just you know a little little guy just starting starting out so
1: Well, I can definitely see Tarantino's cinematic style translating to comics. Yeah. With the little bit I know about his films. I'm not an avid movie watcher by any means.
0: But it's the graphic style that I really adhere to. Um I like uh overtop violence that um you know a lot of people would say <laughs> No, I thought you said this was okay for kids. It's but. not, yeah. Well, Night's not really, Night is gonna be more mature based. Not, I'm not gonna, you know, do a lot of things for that sake, but there, there's a lot of adult elements. Roach Guard, on the other hand, I want to have a lot of lighthearted moments and even do like, like the old 80s cartoons, show like science and stuff like that. And really talk about future concepts and even, you know, ancient alien theory and all that kind of stuff.
1: Which is very popular at the moment. Indeed. So you've chosen the right time to release this onto the world. And it is
0: illustrated by the Dave Bain. Dave Bain is very, very talented, and I'm very glad he wants to work with me. It's, it's amazing the stuff that he's shown me. And when I work with him um, on the characters, I mean, he brings them to the life. He's... <clears throat> He's fantastic. Yeah, he's just blown me away. And how did you meet him? I met him through, I believe it was digital webbing, or I just met him on Facebook. Um, I've gone through a lot of um groups, uh, comic book groups on Facebook, uh, digital webbing, to try to find people to help me do these comics. Um, he's from Florida. I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> I haven't really found too many people in my area to work with, so I've worked with. Mohamed Lubis, who's from Malaysia, and um, Nakoy and Cantandoi, who's from um, the Philippines, and so it's really—I've learned a lot from them, and it's really cool to get to know these people from different cultures too. And it—and it's going to show in the comics. I mean, it's—I'm hoping to, that they do have an international appeal.
1: Now, how do you and Dave arrange the panels? How do you convey the ideas for each scene to him?
0: The way I write um, my scripts is I I do it panel by panel. I explain what I'd like, and um, if he has got a great idea that blows that out of the water, you know, I'm for it because he is a great artist, and I'll, you know, I'm very easy to work with. Uh, With a night when um, I had Muhammad do uh, this uh, preview comic that's coming out. Um, I gave him um, plot first. I didn't script it because he's very good at writing himself. So I didn't put the script in. I'm doing that actually right now. I'm finishing it up. Ch- and it's actually changed a little bit as it went along because he did a good job at. He does a great job at visuals, so it worked well. And that's something
1: I've heard Stephen King say about his thesis is that as he writes, the story tells itself. He doesn't necessarily plan it out in advance.
0: And it becomes a marriage between creators too. And I, I completely respect, I, 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 I'm blown away by how these guys really wanted to work with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just starting out and I got, you know, I got these great concepts and stuff, but I never really thought it would get this far, and here I am. I'm gonna finally get these, you know, this comic in my hands. And so ultimately,
1: <clears throat> ultimately, are you interested in kickstarting uh, yes, your I, comics?
0: Yes, I want to try to try to do a crowdfunding soon to help get this started. I'm looking at different options: Kickstarter or Indiegogo, different ones to see what would be best for me. You know, best for Getting this, com- this whole company started. Um, and you
1: foresee yourself making a number of titles or sticking with a few? Starting
0: out with a few, do this uh, anthology and do Roach Guard and um, Night. I don't know if Roach Guard is going to be a full on series at first or if it's just going to be a mini series and then we go from there. Night, I'd like to continue on and on because it can be very episodic. It can be very like, like Hellboys. Like there's different like, you can have a single one-shot story with Hellboy, and then there's, like, a limited series that goes on for 12, and, you know, I'm, I I think that'll work for night. It'll be different, and I can work with different artists, because, let's face it, we're all busy. You know, I can't, I, I don't know if I'll be able to keep Muhammad with me all the time, because he's got two or three other titles that he's working on, so... And if he gets better work, I mean, I'm not going to be able to pay like a Marvel or a DC. So if he gets on with them, great. You know, that I could still help him and help others, and that's what I really like to do. I like to um, help everybody that's trying out like me to get this stuff going, and that's what I created support indie comics for.
1: And that's the power of cooperation. Can you tell us a little bit about support indie comics?
0: It is, right now, um, the blog, it was a blog, but I'm not really able to keep up with it as much as I wish, um, the Facebook page is very popular, and it's very, um, people, I get, like, ten people a day sometimes, and some days it's a little slower, but it's very popular, and I try my best to, um anybody that gets on there and wants to get their projects out there, Kickstarters and everything, I, I post away, you know, I try to help everybody out. I really enjoy the community. Now, now when I was speaking to Brad Linder earlier
1: last week, he was saying there are some challenges, real challenges to independent comic authors. Have you encountered any? Yes, money.
0: (laughs) Money is the biggest (laughs) challenge. Uh, not having, uh, the funds to really um, do the printing. The printing is the hardest part. I mean, it's expensive to get printings. Um, I like Indie Planet. They'll do, it's all, it's print by demand. You you pay for how much you get. And then they also do a digital copy for you. That's really cool. I like that concept. So I might be going with them. There's other print on demand services. There's, there's dozens of them, but um, I really like Indie Planet. I like, what I've seen from it, so I'll probably be using them. Well, digital formats level the playing
1: field a little bit for everyone. Yeah. Because, of course, you don't have to spend nearly as much
0: to get a book on the Kindle store. No. And, um, the digital age has really helped out a lot with, uh, I would, there would be no way I, uh, no way, like ten years ago, or even, you know, oh um, say five years ago we could, but Ten years ago, beyond that, there would be no way that I'd be connecting with the people that I am now, um, being able to do this kind of stuff. It's, it's awesome. I mean, connecting with people that are completely different.
1: <laughs> that are extremely
0: talented and yeah, share your interests. Very talented and should be working for Marvel DC as far as I'm concerned. They definitely should be.
1: I think his stuff would be a little too artistic for them.
0: <laughs> well, all I've seen so far is um, the character designs and things. He hasn't actually given me any finished pages. We've been working on this for a while, but I understand because it's really hard being, um, you know, a dad of four. He's he's got four kids and. He works hard, and I understand it's really... I get two, so it's, it's, it's hard juggling, like we were talking before. It's hard juggling um, family and work and being completely wore out from work <laughs> and kids to keep going with uh, the art and creative aspects. Right, and
1: for someone like me, the idea of all of those other responsibilities is completely
0: alien, Yeah, but I can imagine it's very important though I mean I I love my wife and kids and they come first and that's why it takes some time to get this stuff done because um we're not I mean I work at Walmart that's where I work I I don't get paid very um very well to be able to afford you know all this I'm very lucky to have fallen in with with the crowd I'm in now um I finally got a comic done. Uh it's um it's called um, P four Y presents single shots um, by uh, by Jeremy King and um, Jason Davis. Um, it's it's got four or five stories in it. Mine's called um uh, Suicide is Painless, it's a horror story about a guy that uh keeps on killing himself. And he keeps waking up from it, <laughs> and it goes over and over again. And he finally figures out what's going on towards the end. It's a really it's a small short story, but I think it was good. A lot of people like it. They <laughs> some people think it's too dark, but I know I get really deep and depressed when I was doing it. But it hits it hits home. So, so what are
1: your literary influences? Some of the writers, either of formal books or of comic books.
0: I would say, first and foremost, my one of my major influences, like I said, I, I, I mentioned it before, is Mike Mangola. He's Hellboy. I mean, when I started to realize that there was other comics besides Spider-Man and and all that, I hearkened on to Hellboy and Dark Horse comics. I started to learn a lot more about, you know, it doesn't have to all be mainstream. It's in the way Mangola did it. He did it his way. And it came and of course hellboy is what it is it's it's an awesome hugely popular thing and it all came from you know indie comics like the, tur- no. the turtles look how amazing the turtles are it's, it's everywhere you can't you can't turn around in a walmart without seeing something turtles on it and um it started out as a as a small press um, joke. It was. A, it was like two guys got together and drank some beer, ate some pizza, and drew a Ninja Turtle. And from there, it became a multi-billion-dollar industry. Amazing. And anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. And I hope everybody does that. I, I want to see everybody be successful. I know, I know it's probably not realistic, but I hope everybody's successful, and I want to help everybody be successful.
1: Yeah, there's a. Of course, there's an element of luck to everything, but as long as everyone collaborates, promotes each other, I think the pot is more than big enough for all
0: of us. Oh, definitely.
1: So, you were were you a fan of say Jack
0: Kirby, Jim Stranko? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, Jack. If you're into comics, you you have to respect Jack Kirby, and <laughs> he's brilliant. A lot of uh, you'll. Some of the concepts that I have in uh, Roach Guard are definitely hearkening back to the king. Because uh, he came up. I mean, I have more respect for Jack Kirby than uh, I do a Stan Lee. I don't want to, you know, not say that Stan Lee wasn't one of the greatest. I mean, of course. But um, Jack did a lot more than he gets. He doesn't get the credit that he deserved, I'm sure, I, I'm. We don't really know what was really said and done behind closed doors, right? But um, a lot of the concepts for like Fantastic Four and Thor, it was Jack, you know. So yeah, I have a lot of respect for all those that came before. Um, but a lot more respect for those who try to do it on their own, like Image. Image was uh, a big thing. They all left. They just quit. They, uh, quit Marvel, walked over to DC, made their demands, DC didn't like their demands, so they went and did herself. And that was amazing. And that's when I really, I was kinda, I was, what well, was it, 92, I was 12, I was still kinda of impressionable, starting to learn that there was, you know, actually people making these things called comics. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really... I was one. I was still wallowing in my own feces. <laughs> it was a great time. The 90s was... Uh, the bubble burst around that time, though. There was way too many... There was way too many uh, X titles. It was everything X. Um, but I was learning a lot more about the indie stuff. Um, and there's, there's some great stuff that people... Probably don't even really, I mean, you're not going to hear too much Coffee Man mentioned a lot, but what Shannon Wheeler did with that was great stuff. And Scud the Disposable Assassin, I mean, there was video games made of these things, and they got pretty, they were pretty popular for, you know, they didn't go where Turtles did, but they still may come back. I mean, you never
1: know. We could. I mean, things are bound to slip through the cracks in any field. Yeah, if but enough telling. stuff is being produced, precisely. And if somebody is really passionate, they're going to know a guy like
0: Jack Kirby. They're going to respect him. Oh, yeah. Um, there's, I have a lot of, well, I would say my biggest influences are Mike Mangola, Frank Miller. Um, all the guys from Image, Rob Liefeld, um Tom McFarlane, um, Mark Silvestri, um, I have a great I think I think Image was probably the biggest influence on me. Um because I I I don't know about their situations and stuff, but <laughs> they left the mainstream to go do their own thing and I thought it was really cool. Um it takes serious balls to do that. It took very big colonies. Um, I don't know if I'd ever work for a Marvel or DC myself. Personally, I, I'm I'm more of an indie guy. I, I think that it can be done on your own. You don't really need to um, sell out. <laughs> you can just... Uh, uh, and more, like we were saying earlier, more and more these days, you can pull it off. You can... You can do this on your own, and, and, you know, I may never make the money of a Tom but I can I can run the show myself, and it's it's cool that way, and you can still be a part of a pretty big community. But there is a certain amount
1: of prestige that accompanies writing for a character like Spider-Man or Daredevil. Definitely I or... would not grudge
0: anybody, no. Um, if I ever got asked to do Punisher, yeah, I'd, I might, you know. But, uh, you might. I, I might. I. It, <laughs> I've heard a lot of stories when it comes to doing these characters because uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of dealings with you know bigger players when it comes to Marvel and DC characters because they really have a tight um, vision for these characters I guess you know um, nowadays more than ever. I mean back in like back in the nineties and eighties there was a lot looser and they, they did a lot of different stuff that they wouldn't do now with the characters. Um I'm not gonna I'm I don't know, I, I probably wouldn't wouldn't like that really. I I'd say um I'd say I kinda like it where I'm at, just doing my own stuff and working with I, I I'm not that hard to work with. I mean, I just, you know.
1: But that would be helpful to you and helpful to your company to have that credit to your name. Oh, it would. It would. Um I'm just And if you had the opportunity to write a mini series about Hellboy, surely. Hey, hell, oh, yeah.
0: Hellboy definitely. Um. I see, I still see that as being independent though. I don't, uh, Dark Horse, even though it's they make their money, I mean, they, they definitely are not, uh well, not struggling, but, um, I would, uh, I would definitely work for Dark Horse or IDW or anything like that. Um, I would love to work on some licensed properties probably, you uh, know, it's just, there is oversight and. You know, you got to do it the way they want to see their visions done. You know, if one of the one of the things that I, I'm a big Stargate geek, and I would definitely definitely work on Stargate comics if uh, that that ever came about. So you're saying that
1: DC wouldn't allow someone to reinvent Batman the way that Frank Miller
0: did? They reinvent now, the character all the time, but there's a lot of when it, when, when it finally gets to the comic, when you get get to the story in hand, there you know there's been seven or eight different people that have actually made that happen besides just the writer and the artist. You know they've got they've got their rules and so I, it's I, a matter of creative control. They've got a lot of creative control, which is fine. I, that's what they need. I mean, Marvel and DC have become big players, they, they, they're now owned by, uh, well, DC's been, yeah, DC's been owned by Warner Brothers for years, the Marvel, reason, uh, within the last, what, five years?
1: Uh, it's been less than that, um. Less than that, yeah, it's been about two since they were purchased by Disney.
0: hmm So, they are big business, and I'm just a small guy, so, <laughs> I look at it, I look at it like that, I mean, it's, it's, they're the power players, and I doubt I'd ever probably be able to work with them. But I do my own thing, and I, I, I'd i be happy with that, as long as I got to actually get my comics out, get them out on time, and, and share. But over time,
1: over time as you bring in more people to the fold, yeah. you might start to create a sort of corporate structure like they have.
0: Eventually, but uh, I don't think I'll ever be... That way. I, that's what they all say. I'm sure they do. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I would keep it small. I'm not gonna, I don't want to build a bunch of titles and stuff. I mean, I just, if we just get two titles that's ongoing, that's gonna be okay with me. Um, I, If we become bigger and others want to bring their, you know, titles to us and that that all works out, then great. But uh, I'd be happy with – and there's so many publishers now. That's – I I feel like, you know, it's a good time. These guys are doing some great stuff. They get another title. The book that I did was called uh, uh, P4Y Presents Single Shots. And then they, they get another title, which is a Western comic called Not Dark Yet. I don't want to really give them a shout-out because they're – they're helping me out. This is the first time I've actually got a, uh, got a really good, uh, got, a, got in on this. This is the first comic I got out that's actually in print and it's really, it's really cool. Patrieti Yeti um, is, um, pageforyeti.com. It's is page for the number yeti, the, uh, mythological creature.com. It's pretty cool stuff. Um, I'm glad to be in with those guys. And Unforgiven Comics, uh, I don't really have a website for right now. It's on Facebook. You can hashtag, um, Unforgiven Tom- Comics on, uh, Twitter or Facebook, and you'll find a lot of, a lot of posts about our stuff. I've I haven't done too many interviews, like, at all. I used to wrestle, but, uh, it was different. It was all staged and everything, so, it was like, acting. Yeah, yeah I saw those pictures.
1: Yeah. But how do you get in on that stuff? How do you... Back, that in, uh,
0: back in the 90s, even 80s through 90s into uh, in, into the early 2000s, I live in Ohio Valley and uh, it's, it was a big scene. There was um, a lot of uh, wrestling promotions up and down the river because um, Ohio Valley Wrestling out of Louisville was uh, working with WWE. So a lot of people tried to Get famous around here, get known. I really, I just worked with a few of the promotions in my area. There were some bad times and good times, like any other kind of job, really. Um, I, I eventually decided that, you know, things like it was starting to, the promotions were starting to fall apart, and um, nothing was really happening anymore because WWE pulled away from OVW and went to Florida. So um, there's really no there. Really- of course they went to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> We're all here. Yeah. In Sunshine State. That's where Dave's at. Dave lives in Florida. He lives in Pensacola, I believe. So, when it, With the wrestling, um, yeah, I, I decided to quit at that point. And I would probably actually get back in the ring for the right reasons. I'd probably do it for, like, if it was for um, charity or anything like that. Like, the last show, I think the last show I did was to raise money for uh a blind child to uh to go to Europe, I forget where exactly, but to go to Europe and have stem cell research done and be able to maybe see again. I don't know whatever happened or anything from there, but uh they raised a lot of money that night and there was a lot of good wrestlers there. abyss from TNA was there, um uh, Shark Boy. Some other good wrestlers were there to help the kid out and that was really great. That's I would definitely do stuff like that again. It was a good that was a really good show. I was part of the best show I was in. I was in a rumble match in that one. So I just got beat up. <laughs> I was, That's okay. Uh, we, we were trying to start another one. Um, we were trying to start one on our own, and once from the other ones get, started getting in there, and then it all fell apart. It literally, I think they did it on purpose almost. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> reality sometimes uh, begets... Uh, from fantasy, like uh, in that case, uh, some people in wrestling actually live their parts. They they don't change. They don't like it's not like an act for them. They are actually assholes. <laughs> 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 They're assholes all the time. So <sighs> that's you do oh, that.
1: You gotta do it. That's okay. I mean, what is better than playing yourself? It's the most convincing role you can take.
0: I. I was a dark, darker version of myself. I guess I it, it was therapy in a way for me because I got to un, I, I got to be insane and you know, be insane. (laughs) Just uh, did a lot of crazy. Uh, I did a lot of hardcore stuff like McFoley and he was uh, McFoley's like a big influence on me. Uh, he's a writer also. He's got a lot of great um, books and um, he's doing comics now. He's doing comics for. WWE is doing like based on their characters. Um, I don't know how great they are. I haven't actually got to look at them yet, but um, I have a lot of respect for McFoley and a lot of respect for a lot of the wrestlers. And then I, you know, there's some of them that, you know, did what they did. (laughs) Like I used to be a big Crispin Wall fan, and all that happened really hurt the industry. It was very sad him killing his uh, family like that is it, it was a dark time dark moment
1: now now that you mentioned the story itself, I do remember that, but I didn't recognize the name
0: yeah chrismanuel um he was a very he was a ringleader i mean people would go to him and uh he uh he he supposedly liked help helped uh a lot of people and was you know Very cordial, and nobody expected that, I don't think.
1: I mistakenly believed our call was being recorded, when in fact it was not. I apologize, and fortunately there was not much left after this portion. So I bid you adieu, goodbye, thank you for listening. All of Michael's links are on the blog. Good night.